Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game Changing Business Model Disruption, presented by SAP. The best run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game changing technologies and business strategies to help you shake up the status quo in your company's business capabilities and move your organization in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the game changers, you're in the right place. We always say it. We always mean it because it's true. This is where the best run. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. I have a long quote from Sloan Review at MIT. That's dot MIT dot EDU. Listen up and this will set the stage for what we're talking about today. Okay, here we go. To succeed in the long run, Businesses need to create and leverage some kind of sustainable competitive edge. This advantage can still derive from such traditional sources as scale-driven lower cost, proprietary intellectual property, highly motivated employees, or far-sighted strategic leaders. But in the knowledge economy, strategic advantages will increasingly depend on a shared capacity to make superior judgments and choices. That was a long quote. Forgive me for that. But there are a lot of good keywords in there. So what are we talking about today? You know how we always start these shows on game-changing business model disruption episodes. We say it's almost the end of 2018, which is now very true. And your same old business structures, your business models, your processes, uh uh-uh. They're not going to sustain you anymore. Time for disruption. So whatever industry you're in, whatever business type, whatever your global footprint, if you're a small company, a midsize, a big, your company now has to become, wait for it, an intelligent enterprise. It's not just a buzzword. It's a real thing. How are you going to do it? Through innovation and differentiation. And that's where the challenges lie. Why do you want to do it? You need to have that competitive advantage in the marketplace. So what What does it mean to build an intelligent enterprise? And we're going to be talking about it today with my three expert panelists from the perspective of a clean ERP. We're talking about next-gen technologies. You hear about them all the time. What's current technology versus next-gen? We're going to find that out, and we're going to look at your ERP processes. So... I'm so excited. I'm all choked up. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to the show. And let me tell you who my three panelists are, and then we'll get started with their opening quote. So in just a moment, I will be welcoming a newcomer to Game Changers. He is Somia Chakravorty, Managing Director and CIO Fellow in Deloitte's SAP Services Offering Practice. And a shout out, of course, to our really good friends at Deloitte who send us wonderful panelists. Joining him on the panel, another newcomer, Devraj Bardhan, and he spells his last name, B-A-R-D-H-A-N. If you want to look him up, I will spell Somia's last name later. Devraj is a global leader at the Digital Studio for SAP at IBM. We haven't had an IBM panelist in a long time, so welcome, Devraj. And rounding out the panel is one of the sponsors of this series. He's been on before. Welcoming him back, Torsten Lydek, Global VP of Ecosystem SAP Cloud Platform Go-To-Market at SAP. Welcome, gentlemen. And now let's go to Somia Chakravorty at Deloitte. Let's go to his quote. It's a lovely quote from Winston Churchill. We have Winston Churchill quotes all the time, Somia. And let me just give a little background. Sir, 
Winston, Leonard, Spencer, Churchill, 1874 to 1965, British politician, army officer, and writer, prime minister of the UK from 1940 to 45. And he didn't have enough at that time, so he went around again from 1951 to 55, and he led Britain to victory in the Second World War. He's considered one of the 20th century's most significant figures. Here's the quote. To improve is to change. To be perfect is to change often. Somia, how are you? I'm doing great, Bonnie. Thank you for joining me. I love the quote. It's to me, I'm going to let you explain how it relates to the topic, but perfect is a word we're going to talk about, but change often. So you related, please, to our quote. We're talking about business disruption, obviously. We're talking about competitive edge, and ultimately we're talking about the intelligent enterprise. So lead the breadcrumbs along the road for me and, and give me the dots, okay? Sure, happy to, Bonnie. Thank so you. this quote, to improve is to change, to be perfect is to change often. You know, I find this quote by Winston Churchill interestingly challenging and inspiring. The first part, you know, to improve is to change is quite, I would say in my mind, quite unilaterally prescriptive. With mm-hmm. an underlying tinge of, you know, optimism in there that, you know, while change may not always imply improvement per se, improvement can only happen if you change or are willing to take chances by attempting a change. Mm-hmm. The second part is even more intriguing to me. Yes. You know, it says to be perfect is to change often. You know, in it, it has a wealth of uh, deep wisdom in, on many fronts, if you think about it, right? Attaining perfection, relentless trials and experiments, failures, learning quickly from failures, and so on. But it is also a bit of a paradox, you know, in that the phrase changing often, you know, implies a dynamic state of continuous improvement, if you will, right? So the phrase to be perfect is to change often does not necessarily imply a static final destination, if you will, which is the state of perfect perfection. But it's actually a perpetual journey towards perfection that continues to be your true north. In other words, you are always improving. I think that part, you know, it's just caught on to me a lot. And how is this relevant to our topic and context over here? I guess this quote couldn't be more relevant for our ever-changing world of business, technology, and human behavior of making choices today, right? With the onset of digital technology and its impetus on digital transformation, bridging the physical and the digital worlds is an apt essence of this quote. Essentially, you know, if you don't act or respond to this movement of change, you will not improve, you will not advance, you will not grow. Thank you. And I think we can add one more to that list. Uh, so, I mean, I think we can add you will not be here. <laughs> Am I right? It's, it's serious. <laughs> yeah. The laggards will be out of the picture, out of the game. The marketplace will have to survive without them. Maybe their legacy will go on and somebody will pick up the thread where they left off, but they will not be here. I'm not sure of the exact statistics, Omia, but I think uh, there there is all kinds of threads on the Internet about the S&P 500, how many times it has changed in the past 15 years, 10 years, 5 years, how many companies have dropped off the list because they just aren't moving with the times. Thank you so much. I just want to pick on one word before we move over to Devraj and his quote. The word perfect, you mentioned changing, improving. Is it possible to be perfect or is that the moving target that our companies actually saying we have to be perfect next year? Is there such a thing in business today with this constant need for disruption? What do you see, Somia? I would say the simple answer is no. There is no such thing as I have arrived. 
but it certainly serves as a great impetus. Like I said, it's a carrot that you are chasing. It's this true north that you see, this beacon of flashing light out there that you want to reach to. And so in the process, you're always improving, right? So, and I think that's a good way to sort of look at it as well. Otherwise, you run the risk of, you know, considering yourself to have arrived and gotten uh, complacent, if you will. That's not mm-hmm. something that you ever want, given how things are continuously on a change uh, spectrum. Thank you. And we used to call that resting on your laurels. <laughs> yeah. I think in Roman times, they gave you a laurel wreath when you yeah. achieve something in one of the games. Don't don't sit back and rest on that pretty laurel anymore. Thank you so much. Wonderful way to set up our topic. I appreciate it so much. And now let's move a little bit around the table to our IBM panelists today, Devraj Barden. And Devraj has sent us a quote, well, not surprisingly, from Thomas J. Watson. Thomas John Watson, senior, 1874 to 1956, was an American businessman. He was the chairman and CEO of International Business Machines, IBM. Devraj, I don't know if our young audience around the world even knows the meaning of the three letters IBM. That's why I said it. Uh, Watson oversaw the company's growth into an international force from 1914 to 56. He developed their management style and corporate culture. Very interesting. Based on John Henry Patterson's training at NCR, he was considered, Watson, one of the richest men of his time. And get this, he was called the world's greatest salesman when he died in 1956. I did not know that. Here is the quote. How fitting is this? Quote, develop your initiative. Do something no one else has done. Devraj, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, Bonnie, and uh, it's good to be on the hot seat. Uh, I have been an uh, avid listener of your previous show, so it's uh, it's kind of, you know, a deja vu, yeah, being on. We're very, very glad to have you. Thank you. I love the quote and, and the concept of initiative. It's such a human thing, and, and we're going to be talking about intelligent enterprise and next-gen technologies. And, Devraj, I'm wondering if a machine can have initiative, but we can get into that later. Tell me how you picked this quote other than it's by... IBM's uh, Thomas J. Watson. What does it have to do with our specific topic, please? Right. So, uh, so just to give my own example, the reason I am in the position today is because I took my own initiative to get in this place, you know, reinvent myself, learn about what's new, and, and also to help my own company and own customers adopt the new ways of working to basically help their you know, digital transformation journey in the new age world. And that basically, you know, uh, is why I took up this quote, because, you know, sometimes you have opportunities coming to your table, sometimes you have to create your own opportunities or even develop your own initiatives. So that's how this uh, quote comes. And it's quite apt for us because all the three panelists on, on this have been changing the game and we are driving the change. Absolutely. I, I want to take you back just for a second, Devraj, to my discussion with Somia at Deloitte about the moving target of perfection and changing often. So do something no one else has done from the Thomas J. Watson quote seems to me to be a very nice addition to what we were talking about in the Churchill quote. To be per- perfect is to change often. And we said it's to, to improve is to change often. Do something no one else has done. Do you think it's possible to do something no one else has done? 
they, they often say uh, one of my favorite French phrases is plus ça la change, plus ça change, plus ça la même chose. The more things change, the more they stay the same, meaning we're seeing the same things over and over again. We see it in music, we see it in not specific inventions, but in concepts of moving humankind and culture and society ahead. I'm rambling here. So my question to you is do something no one else has done. Do you think that is the key to competitive survival today in our vast digital economy. What do you think? Uh, exactly. That, that is the key. And if you see uh, all the top companies in today's world, they've, some, they've done something which nobody else has done before, and that's why they've been able to differentiate themselves from the competition. And that, that I think, is a very big key, because once you develop your own initiative, which is try to build your own you know, uh, options, but at the same time do something which is very unique, and which, you know, it, uh, it could help as well. So it has to have both those aspects of, you know, uniqueness and the fact that it helps society, helps customers, helps consumers. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Have very happy to have you on. We have missed IBM. We haven't had anybody from your organization in a while on Game Changers, and I hope you will lead the pack in bringing them back. I appreciate that. And now let's go around the table to Torsten Laddick at SAP. It's been a while since you've been on, and Torsten has sent us a quote from Michael Jordan. I didn't know his middle name was Jeffrey. Now I do. Michael Jeffrey Jordan, born in 1963. Torsten, I call him a young guy. I don't know how to know how old you are, but he's a young guy to me. He's known by his initials, M. MJ, American former professional basketball player, 15 seasons in the NBA for the Chicago Bulls and Washington Wizards. And interestingly enough, his biography on the official NBA website says, by acclamation, Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. And that may still be true. I don't know. He's named the greatest North American athlete of the 20th century by ESPN back in 1999 and second to Babe Ruth on the Associated Press's list of athletes of the century. Oh my. Here is the quote. Talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence win championships. Torsa Laddick, have you been? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Thanks for- it's great to be back here. We're delighted to have you. I know you've been busy traveling all over the place. You were tech ed and all over the world. So tell me about this quote. I, I like the humanity in this quote, Torsten, the idea of teamwork and intelligence and we got to bring in intelligent technologies into that teamwork side, don't we? So tell me what the quote means to you, please. Yeah. I mean, you know, first, obviously, I'm a big Michael Jordan fan. And as you said, he, you know, according to the NBA side, he's considered the best basketball player ever. And I think it's interesting first that he refers, given his unique status and the ability that he had, that he really refers to teamwork and intelligence, which makes a difference to win the championship. And I think this is very similar when you translators or competitors with the situation companies are in today, right? I mean, to basically really get into digital transformation and create, create a unique point of intelligence and really distinct your own business um, and make it unique, you have, it's a process, it's a journey which you have consi- consistently to improve. So like in a basketball game, you need a team, you need the right assets in place, you need to have this orchestrated the right way, and you need to practice every day to get it back up. And I think it relates well to the first quote where we talked about, you know, being perfect. You know, everybody aspires to be perfect. I don't really believe, you know, that this is an end state. So I really believe it's a journey. And I think this is exactly what this quote is referring to. You need to write to have the right team in place. You need to have the right capabilities, the right set of players. 
you need to be intelligent to really win the championship. And this applies exactly in the same way if you want to build an intelligent enterprise. You need to have the right people at the right place. You need to have the right um, technology, the right applications, the right orchestration layers, the innovation capabilities, mm-hmm. to, and the right business model, which makes a unit and allows you to disrupt the market and get a unique position to basically conquer yeah, the market segment you want to you wanna lead in. Thank you. I have a question for you, Torsten. We're talking next-gen technologies, artificial intelligence, machine learning, deep learning. It's all in there, IoT, Internet of Things, sensors coming at us all over the place. I think the connected device marketplace is is now considered, uh, I know there have been Gartner estimates out there for a couple of years. 2020, they're looking, I think, at 21 billion. Maybe I'm off by a little bit. And that's a number everybody's leading to. Uh, and that includes businesses, governments and consumers and consumers are the lowest level of usage of connected devices i thought that was interesting i moderated an sap internal webinar yesterday and i did some research and that's what i came up with but my question to you torsten is when we talk about teamwork and intelligence will robots and bots be on those teams in the next couple years i know we're going to do predictions at the end but who's going to be on that team what do you think um, that's an interesting question, actually. Um, I think, honestly, they're part of the, from an enterprise perspective, I think they're definitely part of the team. Um, I think they, you know, they will not, they will need to be positioned the right way and integrated the right way, and it will take a little bit of a change process to really uh, get, get the employees and the people familiar with this kind of approach. But at the end, I really believe that, you know, Robots will help to really increase the productivity and benefit the employees in a way that they can really focus on more meaningful tasks rather than on repeatable repeatable tasks. So I think it's obviously clearly from my perspective as well as chatbots which are needed for customer interaction or in general user interaction um, between systems um, and to improve um, the productivity or the the information flow there. Uh, I think it will be definitely part of the... Um, landscape, and I think everybody even today needs to think about is how it's being integrated in your landscape to make this uh, part of your overall approach. Thank you very much. We've got the human and the almost human sitting on the same team. That's the goal, right? You want them to be doing what your company needs to do, what your team needs to do, share your vision. You need to program them that way. Uh, very interesting. I'm going to go around the table and get to know our panelists a little bit better. So let's start with Somia Chakravorty at Deloitte. Somia, three questions. Where in the world are you today? City, state, or country, please. Number two, what's your favorite drink in the whole wide world that powers you? and keeps you smiling. I see a wonderful smiling photo of you. I have all three of your photos in front of me here in my notes. And number three, what is your role at Deloitte? Somia, all yours. Sure, Barney. So like you mentioned in the brief uh, you know, introductions, I'm Somia Chakravorty, Managing Director, CIO Fellow in the Technology Practice of Deloitte Consulting, and I serve as the Global Practice Lead for SAP Platform Capability, uh, which would be the Platform Modernization Capability. Mm-hmm. Favorite drink? Hmm. Let's see. Too early in the morning for me to candidly salivate on what it is that I really, really. No, like. no, no. It's not. It's not However, because it's cocktail hour somewhere. Ranging from you know good old Starbucks <laughs> breakfast coffee to you know the exquisite single malt offerings from Highlands of Scotland. But if I there had to pick go. one mm-hmm. that has left me with a you know with an indelible taste and memory, right. I would have to say it's the summer drink called and I don't know about if you heard of it or any of our listeners have or panelists have. It's called Rue. Avza, right? 
And that's especially consumed in the Indian subcontinent. I live in California now. Oh, that's the other part I didn't forgot to mention. Uh, yeah, I, am, I knew you'd get I to it. in the Silicon Valley in California speaking to you right now. So sorry I missed that. Thank you. So, yeah, I live in California now, but I grew up in India in parts that would get really, really hot in summertime. So this drink, Rue Avza, was a savory savior. <laughs> The Roo is R-O-O-H. I have it. I, I already looked it up. R-O-H-A-F-Z-A. It's, and I have the Urdu and I have the Hindi spellings and I have the Bengali spellings as well. Tell us what it is, please. No kidding. This is like uh, machine learning in real time going on. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> the Roo means soul. You know, and Avza, I'm not sure what it exactly means, but Roo Avza essentially, you know, someone once told me it's a refresher of the soul. Right. Mm-hmm. And it actually has the flower rose as one of its ingredients, believe it or not, along with several other organic, uh, you know, ingredients. So soft drink concentrate, right, uh, mix that's best had with cold milk and honey. Um, if I were to draw a comparison with, let's say, a similar drink in the West, strawberry shake comes to mind. Although, mm-hmm. say, it's still quite distant. So in keeping with the theme of this coffee chat, it sure was a game-changing uh, panacea in those sweltering summer days for me. Very so interesting. Back to, yes, go yeah, ahead. So that's, my, that's my drink, Rue Abza. Yeah, that's, okay. that's going to be the sort of tagline of the day, refresher of the soul. Okay, and I'm going to tell you that it was it's a non-alcoholic concentrated squash drink. It was formulated by NAQI in 1906 in Ghaziabad, India, manufactured by companies that he and his sons founded, the Hamdard Wak Laboratories, Pakistan, and Hamdard Wak Laboratories in India. And since 1948, the company has been manufacturing the product in India, Pakistan, and Bangladesh. The, while the name Rue Afsa is sometimes translated as refresher of the soul. The exact meaning is not known. It is said this name was made up by the original formulator of the drink with possible cultural influences. And there's a famous actress named Jui Chawla, and she promoted the launch of Ru yeah. mm-hmm. Abzan in 2009. I have a picture of the uh, red glasses, and I have a picture of the bottle here. Yes, I look things up very quickly here. Thank you very much, Tumia. It's the first time anybody has mentioned that on any Game Changers show in seven years. So bravo to you, okay? That was awesome, Bonnie. You started out with machine learning, and then you went on to, you know, intelligent big data retrieval over there. So that was fantastic. <laughs> Thank you very much. Nobody's ever noticed that before. You're, you're wonderful. Thank you. Dev, Devraj Bardon at IBM, no competition on the drink, whatever makes you happy. So three questions. Where are you in the world today? I have a clue because I know what the prefix on your phone number is, but I'm not telling it on the air. What's your favorite drink? And it can be an alcoholic beverage. It's cocktail hour somewhere in the world right now, I promise you. And Number three, what is your role at IBM? Devraj, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I was also very, very pleasantly surprised with the amount of details you gave. You know, I did know about the drink and some of the details, but, you know, the amount of information you gave us real-time was amazing, uh, Bonnie. It's really <laughs> hats off to you. So, uh, I'm in London uh, today, and uh, this is where I call home. If I'm not on airplanes, I'm mostly on aisle seats, just to uh, give a perspective uh, of uh, of the fact that I, you know, do travel a lot uh, because I'm in a global role. I'm a vegan, so my favorite drink is actually dark chocolate with soy milk, and uh, I do struggle a lot to get that. So when I get it, I really relish it. Sounds and delicious. Imagine you do not have too many vegan-friendly places when you're traveling a lot. 
Yeah, I'm sure. And v- yeah. vegan is different from vegetarian, I understand. Vegetarian yes, uh, means I, you I eat... I have no dairy at all, so that makes okay. it even difficult. No dairy. It has to be all plant-based, correct? That's your diet? All yes. plant-based? All plant-based, yes. Okay. So, um, having said that, my role, I'm the, a global leader in the uh, SAP practice at IBM. I lead a digital studio for SAP which basically is an innovation hub where we do all the co-innovations together with SAP and our clients. And, uh, yeah, uh, that, that's weird, you know. I am, a couple of trivia points. Um, I have written a book on SAP as for HANA by SAP Press, which is a bestseller. Mm-hmm. And uh, in addition to that, um, I actually enjoy uh, my role because we do a lot of innovation stuff uh, with um, with multiple companies, day in and day out, and very happy to, you know, share my my experience with everybody on the call. Thank you very much. Very happy to have you here. And Torsten Leiter, going around the table to you, where are you today? What's your favorite drink? I don't remember what you said last time you were on, so if you repeat, it wouldn't bother me at all, but I'd love to know something really interesting about you. And what have you been up to as the Global VP of Ecosystem SAP Cloud Platform? Go ahead, Torsten. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm in New York today, so this is basically where I'm based. One of the few days we're really spending what is considered being home. Um, so very glad that I can dial in from here. Um, you know, with regards to, as you said, I've been multiple times on the show, so the drinks are getting more and more difficult. But today, you know, very frankly, I have my regular double espresso and water here in front of me. You know, mm-hmm. the espresso I take every morning because it boosts me up. You know, if you talk about competitive edge during the day, I guess this is what the espresso provides. Um, the water, by the way, is and all you know and I'm originally obviously from Germany and Europe and spend a lot of time in Italy and the water is actually used to you do the drink the water prior to the espresso to really clean up the tongue so that you have an amplified mm-hmm. taste so it's a kind of side by side step and relates very well to our clean EOP approach where you start with an um, even clean system so that you can really amplify and benefit from all the good flavors and obviously leverage and consume them in a way that you can enjoy the most. So pretty much aligned with our topic today, and I'm very glad that I can you know, have this drink here while I'm listening to all the other colleagues speaking. Um, my role at SAP, I'm part of the SAP Cloud Platform team. As you said, I'm leading our ecosystem activities. So we work with companies like Deloitte and IBM and enable them and work with them to drive innovation to jointly to our customers. Uh, we engage in open innovation. We help them to really build out unique capabilities and solutions, leveraging Cloud Platform, which is our platform as a service offering to drive innovation to our customers to either extend or integrate our the existing landscape, but obviously also to enable them to become intelligent enterprises. So I'm very glad that I'm here on the show and be joined by those two distinct colleagues here. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Torsten. We're going to take a quick break, give my panelists a chance to take a sip of something. You're on your own, gentlemen, whatever you choose. As I told you, it's cocktail hour somewhere, but you are live on the radio, and it's 1029 a.m. on the East Coast here of the U.S. By the way, I'm in Durham, North Carolina. We are in the path of Hurricane Michael, but we're probably just going to get the edges of a tropical storm. The trees are starting to blow. I took the plants in on the screen porch in the back. I'll have to take the spinner out of the front yard after the show. 
show so it doesn't fly off and go into my office window later in the day. We'll probably, Alexa, I have to say her name quietly because if I say it too loud, she'll hear me and start talking to me in the next room. She's very sensitive. She told me we're going to have five inches of rain today and we haven't had a drop yet. So you can imagine if it's now to almost 1030 and by five o'clock she says we'll have five inches of rain. That's going to be a blank lot of rain in a very short period of time. So we're going to batten down the hatches. And by the way, uh, Torsten may remember this. Somia and Devraj don't know me well, but I'm not allowed to have caffeine on radio show days. All they let me have, and they is the proverbial corporate they, let me have is water. So I have a cool, clear glass of water and I have a green straw because even though it's mid-October here in the south, everything is still beautifully green and just a few leaves of various hues and shades of orange and brown are starting to fall a little bit, reminding us fall is here. So we are here on Game Changing Business Model Disruption Radio, one of our 39 series under the Game Changers banner and one of our 18 live series this year. Happy to be here with Somia Chakravorty at Deloitte, Devraj Barden at IBM, and of course, Torsten Leidick at SAP. And a shout out to Mark Gial, who is also a sponsor of this show. And Mark, I hope you're well. He's been a panelist on the past few episodes. We're talking today about competitive edge, building an intelligent enterprise, and that means so many things. When we come back, we will start the roundtable, specifically with Somia Chakravorty. We're going to take a look at his statements during the break, and he's going to tell me where he wants to start. So, don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill. Aaron out. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The pace of innovation is moving faster than ever, and the future success of business will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerating ongoing change. Factors as diverse as business disruption catalysts, new platform business models, agile innovation, a thriving ecosystem, and an API economy are shaping the definition of future success. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of business. Game Changing Business Model Disruption is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Game Changing Business Model Disruption, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to game-changing business model disruption. Yes, indeed. We're talking about getting that competitive edge that will keep your business alive and thriving and succeeding and playing with the big kids in the marketplace, whatever that may be. And the key we are saying today is building an intelligent enterprise. We're approaching this with several perspectives. My special panelists today are Somia Chakravorty at Deloitte, Devraj Barden at IBM, and Torsten Leidek at SAP. We're ready to start the roundtable, and I have a very provocative statement here that Somia told me before the show. Let me just read it, then Somia will expand it for about two minutes, then we'll bring Devraj in, and then Torsten and see what they have to say. So here's what Somia told me. Quote, coping with disruption, staying agile, 
and improving decision-making in a data-driven world is key to driving digital transformation. But here's the key. Here's what he said that I think is almost poetic. He says, every day is day one. Transformation happens in small baby steps that can do or influence daily, taking you closer to your destination. I think we need to write this somewhere big, maybe with a sky writing or something, a plane, Somia. I love this every day is day one. So talk to me. What does this all mean? Sure. So every day is day one. You know, it's essentially a concept called, you know, it's, it's kind of like saying act like a startup. I don't know if you've heard this phrase before. Mm-hmm. It's essentially be prepared to take on new challenges, do new things, do game-changing things, and at the same time, don't settle, right? And also, be prepared to fail. Because, you know, when you're starting out on things, you would be starting out on new concepts. Perhaps you don't know if it's headed for the right outcome that you have intended for it to be. And, uh, you know, be prepared to fail. Now, acting like a startup in my mind is sort of the ability to, you know, create a portfolio of business experiments, business experiments, right? And acting on them, bringing them to fruition, right? Essentially, a list of things that are within the art of the possible, right? Today, you know, given today's digital disruption, the world of today's digital disruption, you have, you know, availability of large compute and ubiquitous data. You've got, you know, infinite connectivity. Well, I say infinite, but you've got connectivity, which is almost like a given. It's a table stakes thing. You've got massive automation. So it's not difficult, really, for one to think of various things that are within the art of the possible. However, remember, the two questions should be, it's not so much about the art of the possible by connecting these widgets of technology together. It's really what's valuable to the business. Does it even make sense to the business, right? Are my investments and my efforts, after all, mostly sunk costs in the spirit of doing business experiments, or am I actually getting something out of it? And the way to balance this would be to, you know, come up with value-driven endeavors, if you will, is to gather customer insight, customer buy-in. And that's where you... Uh, you, you peg, you know, measurable, outcome-based, somewhat finite time-based approaches to do this, right, in the spirit of these business experiments, so to speak. There's also this notion of smarter and faster mm-hmm. digital, driving digital, right? Again, in the spirit of every day is day one, you know, if you were to ask someone in an organization saying, hey, do you want to be agile? The answer is obviously going to be yes. Who's going to say, no, I want to be you know, slow and rigid? But there are challenges to this aspect of being smarter, faster, right? You could be smarter. You could have all the best, you know, all the data practices, tools, you know, whatever to support you uh, to run your organization in a smart fashion. But you might be held back, let's say, by your, you know, culture, leadership, policies, communications, to move fast enough and pivot to beat out your competition, right? You may have, you may build products really fast, but, you know, end up targeting the wrong customer segment or, you know, mm-hmm. deliver poor quality experience, if you will. So, again, it's a balance between, you know, working smarter, working faster, working toward a value-driven outcome as opposed to just answering, as opposed to just, you know, hitting darts on a list of things that you you know, that you are salivating on from a technology perspective, if you will. So, you know, building a digital team, a digital culture is important, which I'll throw out a couple of terms over here. Believe me, they're not technical enough, but they are something that, 
you know, organizations would do well by embracing within themselves. And those would be things like agile practices, mm-hmm. you know, data-driven organization, uh, you know, em- embrace DevOps within the world of IT development that you would have. Have, you know, uh, prudent portfolio practices as you pick your priorities on what it is that you would like to do versus what it is that you think you could put at the back burner based on, you know, your priority-based roadmap of products and services that you're going to be generating. So essentially, Bonnie, taking full circle back into this whole, you know, uh, theme of, you know, digital disruption, digital innovation, it's important to sort of not settle, kind of goes back to my quote again, right? Mm-hmm. Continuous improvement, continuous changing for, for a betterment, for a true north, for, for this, you know, nirvana land called perfection. But again, keep at it. Have the churn going on. Thank you very much. Great overview of, and I, I still love the every day is day one. Dev Raj Barden at IBM. Love to get your thoughts. You do not have to agree with everything that Sumya said. So go ahead. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, Sumya's uh, points are spot on. And what I would like to do is extend it by saying, you know, while technology enables you to do that step, you still need to find a business value to do that because only then it makes sense. Uh, if we do not get a business value uh, behind what you try to do, uh, any amount of technology would not help because it would just remain a POC or POT, which is proof of technology, and stay there. You want anything that you do to see the light of the day and be used every day by your customers. And that's that's the key. That's the key, you know, one-line message that, you know, I drive out of, you know, the conversation that, you know, we have we are having yet. So for listeners, I think what is very important is that if you have a business problem today, look at the technology that's available and try and see how the new technologies can help you uh, basically move your enterprise forward. We're doing that in our daily life anyway. A mobile phone that we have today is almost as powerful as a computer that we had a few years back. And we're doing Mm -hmm. a lot of things on a mobile phone right now. And... Just imagine, your enterprise software is also smart. It's also getting smarter. It's also becoming more powerful. Are we agile enough to take that and, you know, use it to advantage? If your mobile phone can do more for you, your enterprise software should be able to do more for you as well. Thank you very much. Torsten Lydak, join us, please. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, every day is day one. I think I fully agree with that. I mean, I want to maybe add a different perspective, right? I mean, you were referring to all those companies which disappeared, right, in the Fortune yes. 500. It's actually 88% since 1955. Mm-hmm. And it's clearly a kind of, I think, proof point, right, that if you're not really challenging your current position on a daily basis and if you're not reimagine what is possible and leave away what are the capabilities today but have and clear vision for the company, yeah, you're just not staying relevant, right? And I think a very good example, even if you go for all the digital native companies like Uber or Airbnb and Facebook and others, even they get disrupted, right? I mean, you know, they come out very big, obviously take over a significant market share, but when you look at Uber, for example, right, it was a big event, right? But now when you look at this broader transportation industry, what is really the next level is really how do we get to safe driving cars, aerial taxis, 
all those kind of things, right, which basically take this whole initial concept of an orchestration and digital layer to a completely new level. So I absolutely believe that everybody in this world, in this company, uh, in the, in, if you're in a company uh, independent of the industry, wherever you are, you need to question the status quo every day, even if you're in the market-leading position. Or if you're from behind, you need to always be very well aware of where you want to be and what is needed. And there's obviously technologies, as it was mentioned, which are supporting that. And, you know, when we look at what has been possible with the emerging intelligence technologies like machine learning, artificial intelligence, big data scenarios, right? All this was not possible like 10 years ago. So you see the dramatic change in terms of the increase of technical capabilities, computing power, those kind of scenarios, which really take this to the next level. And this will continue every day. And so everybody needs to stay on top of it. Torsten, I have a question for you, a very human question. I'm going to ask you, and then we'll quickly go around the panel. And then I'm uh, Devraj, I've already picked something from your notes. Question is, Every day is day one, okay, and you restated it as you can't just sit there. Every day you have to think about what do we need to do next and where do we need to go. Very human question right. for me to you, Torsten. Who in the business world has the stomach for this? You can't just say, oh, great, we've planned. it's January 20th and we've planned for the year and we can see the trajectory and everything's in place. We've got our IT investments lined up and we've got our bots coming in and we've figured out all of our GDPR policies and we're going to have a great year and everybody onward. And... You can't do that anymore. You have to keep revisiting. So who are the leaders who have the quote-unquote stomach to keep on their toes and reassessing all the time? What's your thought on that, Torsten, please? Yeah, I think this is a very interesting question and interesting aspect as well um, because, of course, everybody gets tied into the day-by-day business and in the execution level to drive what is most current for and relevant maybe for this year or even for a quarter. Um, but I think at the end it comes down to a cultural aspect, right? You need to shape mm-hmm. the business culture in a way that people on all levels feel like they're relevant and that they have to contribute to this mission. Um, of course, you know, it starts on the leadership and you need to provide a clear vision, but at the end everybody needs to contribute in, as part of this um, element of responsibility in the company. And I think everybody can deliver to this broader journey and to this broader goal to basically improve the company's position in the marketplace and embrace those kind of technologies. So I don't believe there's any specific person that needs to be entire effort, comes back to the teamwork, which I was referring to in my quote. Yes. Um, and it needs to follow a game plan. Yeah. And it's a cultural thing. It's an attitude. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Just quickly, let's go around the table on this. Somia at Deloitte, what do you think? Agree or disagree with Torsten, to my point? Couldn't agree more. Culture and stakeholder alignment, the leadership in your organization needs to buy into what it is that you're trying to do. To my earlier point, if you're in a sandbox doing a business experiment, they need to buy into it. And I don't mean just in terms of buy-in and sponsorship from giving you the investments for it, but also be willing to, you know, to accept the failures that could potentially come with that. Mm-hmm. Right? And then if you think about it, competition is you know, increasing. And you know, to stay ahead of the competition, product services need winning customer experiences, right? Yes. It's not so yes. much about just customer satisfaction. It's about the entire experience. And you know, we, can, we can talk more about what that essentially really means from, a, you know, from, from an overall satisfaction of the customer standpoint. There's operational improvements. There's you know, um, automated and efficient operational processes. Uh, there's smarter data. Demand. So all of these things are new dimensions 
I don't say I don't. They are not necessarily new, new per se, mm-hmm. but the, uh, the the level of expectation for a successful definition of each of these characteristics or each of these things are very, very different and very sophisticated today. So, Thank you. I, I want to make sure we get time for Devraj to get in on this because I'm looking at the clock now and we're almost yeah. up to prediction. So thank you, Soumya. Great, great perspectives. Devraj, what do you think about the human side? Who, who, who's going to be able to do this? Is it totally team or are there some emerging leaders who will stand there with, with a, you know, a, a stick or a carrot and say, we will change next week? How is it going to work in your perspective? Yeah, I think uh, I just want to make one statement. I think a PowerPoint yeah. is very last year. People should be doing prototypes and showing that in the boardrooms and in team meetings. And that is what will drive the change because... When you're doing a sandbox or prototyping and actually showing the prototype in a meeting without a single PowerPoint slide, that's when the enterprise is going to realize this is getting real. And Thank that's you very much. Change I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Now. I want to pick up a statement here from your notes, Devraj, and I have two places to go. I rarely do this on a show. Torsten knows that, but I'm going to give you a choice. We could talk about blockchain is the new black in terms of the orchestration of business networks and supply chains, or we can talk about your, you have a couple of examples here on how an intelligent enterprise needs machine learning. Where would you like to go, Devraj? Yeah, so let's start with uh, blockchain is the new black because okay. I think uh, this is uh, something that's really driving the business today. It's exciting. About what happens? Every co- co- company has their own uh, ERP systems, enterprise systems, and they're talking to every other, everybody else through an interface, and that's a very old way of working. There's a lot of places where a shared ledger is required so that as compliance is met, the compliance authorities can look across enterprises. If you are buying something on a food chain, like you go and buy a box of black ber- uh, blueberries, and it is organic, you want to make sure it's actually organic and you want to trace the food, you know, mm-hmm. chain of the uh, product before you put it in, into your shopping basket. Blockchain is going to enable that. Uh, consumers are demanding it, uh, regulatory authorities are demanding it, and therefore the enterprise softwares are getting ready to, you know, basically match the requirements. And that, that I think, is a key, you know, uh, game changer for anybody. Adopt blockchain early get the technology right, understand the use case, start with a small use case, build it up, and then implement it and let all your partners get on board because it is just going to make it more open, more transparent, and it will only be uh, good for business. Thank you. I like that. Torsten, thoughts about blockchain is the new black. What do you think? Agree or disagree? This is interesting. Yeah, I think blockchain has the potential to be likely the largest technology disruptor for a very, very long time. Um, it will really impact how businesses collaborate, how business transactions are being done, and how, um, obviously, networks and collaboration will be set up in a trusted manner. I think there's still, you know, from a technology perspective, some way to go. The energy consumption of those kind of transactions is relatively high. But if from a future perspective, I really believe this is where, uh, this is basically the kind of, um, backbone, if you will, how companies will operate along their supply chain and manage their relationships and transactions. Um, I think there's interesting aspects to open versus private blockchains, what will really happen with the data. There's different concepts in the markets. We, on the SAP side, believe that you know the data will reside in the system and that customers will expose this 
into the blockchain without really physically moving it and that the ownership still belongs to the customer rather than, for example, the operator of the blockchain or of those mm-hmm. industry consortia which are being established. But obviously there's great examples where from a value purpose uh, from a value proposition today, where I think food safety was just mentioned, right, where you can really track the entire yes. journey or the entire um, chain from the cow being on the yard and on the and uh, mm-hmm. eating the grass to basically how it is being delivered to the shelf and consumed then at the end to make sure it's really organic, right, because there's more organic products being sold in the U.S. than it's even being produced. So it really helps to establish trust and provides a clear path of visibility um, across the different um, supply chain. I mean, there's um, obviously on the financial services side, we see a lot of um, activity there because obviously Bitcoin was the first one who leveraged this technology mm-hmm. it's more like as as a foundation to, to, to create those kind of uh, currency. So I really believe it has significant potential. You know, I think there's still a couple of unknowns where it will play out and what really will be the business model and the final setup. But clearly, as an as an as an technology and from a process management perspective, it has not likely the largest disruption potential in the IT industry for a long time. Thank you. Interesting, Somia. We're just about ready for the prediction round, but I'm going to give you just thirty seconds to comment on the concept that we've just been tossing around the table that uh, blockchain is the new black. Just quick thoughts. Agree or disagree with that, please? Yeah, I think my co-panelists may have said this. Um, you know. Trust, to me, this human element of trust is the biggest thing, biggest value proposition that blockchain brings. It's almost like a cast in stone, etched in gold, single version of the truth. It's immutable. You cannot change what has been recorded in there. Mm-hmm. And to me, at the end of the day, having a mechanism that transcends, that, that overpowers you with respect to just this goodwill feeling of trust is fantastic. And, and I have to make a comment here about the food, uh, the food chain idea. Uh, Devraj, I think you mentioned that you're a vegan, and, and I think when Torsten was saying uh, the origin of food and, and where the cow grazed and what kind of grass, in Devraj's case, he would want to make sure there was no cow mentioned on that blockchain for that organic whatever it is he's eating that's plant. But I'm sorry, the image just popped into my brain. I, I had to share that with you. So you want the blockchain to say, yes, this potato did not come from a cow and it was grown in a certain type of grass and no animals touched it. So I, I just had to add that in. Um, Torsten, I'm going to do a little bit something different right now. That was inside out. Sorry about that. I'm going to start the predictions with you. But since we didn't get to the concept of a clean ERP approach, and I know you wanted to talk about that, why don't you do your prediction? Just I can give you 60 seconds, but really, all right, 90 seconds, really tight. How does clean ERP approach figure into what we're talking about today? Disruption, competitive edge, and the intelligent enterprise. Torsten, I'll let you predict first, then Somia, and then we'll finish with Devraj. Go ahead, Torsten. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the clean ERP, what it means is really you need to have a stable digital core. This is your system of transaction. It's stable. It's mature. It drives the backbone of the company, right? And it's part of the intelligent enterprise. It's all your applications which you have. To make it meaningful, you have to have an integration and consistent unified data management layer, which allows you really to move data effectively based on one single data business model across the different LOBs so that you know you have HR people connected with processes in, for example, the finance world as well as finance with procurement and spend management because this all needs to be tied together in a very consistent fashion. So you have this digital core, but then you also need an innovation and agility layer. This is where usually in platform, 
like platform as a service or digital platform comes in, which is really providing the extensibility and the capabilities to build additional functionality in a seamless way to either extend um, the existing solutions or just build new applications which are part of the intelligent enterprise concept. And then last but not least, the third layer is really those new next-gen technologies around machine learning, blockchain, uh, IoT, big data, which we spoke about. And those need to be embedded into those core processes. So they need to become part as a natural part of the digital core systems. But they're also important for the platform and the standalone as a standalone capability because it allows you to create new business models, data-driven business models, or um, new business processes which really you know, allow you to distinct yourself and differentiate yourself in the marketplace and help you improve the customer experience and then obviously to sell more of your products to the customers. Thank you very much. Very eloquently done. Sumia at Chakravorty at Deloitte, I have exactly 60 seconds for your prediction. Talk to me. Go. It's this notion of symphonic enterprise, right? It's mm. an idea that sort of describes strategy, technology, and operations working together in harmony across domains and boundaries, right? And while that might have sounded a little esoteric, it's essentially all these technologies, you know, when, you, when, you, when technologies act in unison, you know, we no longer see the enterprise, let's say, vertically, right? Line of business or isolated industries or horizontally, right? Business processes or enabling technologies. The symphonic enterprise, you know, these old lines become blurred and you have a diagonal view, if you will, that eliminates new business opportunities and creates ways of solving problems. Right? Digital reality basically breaks down geographic barriers between people and systemic barriers between humans and data. So together, these technologies can fundamentally reshape how you grow and how you prosper. So that's, that's something that you know, we, we, we have a point of view on and something we're dabbling with respect to the notion of symphonic enterprise. Thank you. That was refreshing. I haven't heard that one before. Thank you very much, Somia. Appreciate it. Devraj Barda and I have 60 seconds for you. That's exactly all I have. Go fast. Go. Right. So uh, my point of view is uh, everything becoming microservices in an ERP world, which is still not the case, because upgrading a system should not be disruptive. My prediction for the next five years is we should have ERP systems which can upgrade itself in a, uh, in a microservices architecture without disrupting a, a production instance, probably running the whole world, you know, right now. And that, that is something, you know, I think will be a game changer going forward. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. Interested, we got yours also already. I want to thank my three panelists. Very interesting conversation. Torsten, I know we just just dabbled at the tip of the iceberg. It's such a huge topic, but I think we did justice to it. We've been talking about the competitive edge, building an intelligent enterprise in all of its flavors and styles and variations and symphonic illustrations. I just love the idea of a symphonic enterprise, Somia. I want to thank Somia Chakravorty at Deloitte. Devraj Bardan at IBM and of course Torsten Leidig at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham and a thank you of course to Mark Gial who works with Torsten on this series and of course Aaron Keller at World Talk Radio, the business channel, our engineer extraordinaire for getting us on the air and keeping us there. So here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What in the world are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today just like Somia Chakravorty at Deloitte, just like Devraj Bardan at IBM and just like Torsten Leidek at SAP. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
Thanks again for tuning in to Game-Changing Business Model Disruption. The best-run business is run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham on Thursdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.